Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ramsey and White Property Finance Podcast. Um, it gives me a great pleasure to introduce Andy Reid who's joining us on the podcast today. Andy's a sales director of TFG Capital and has a wealth of experience in the funding specialist property market. I thought it'd be great to get Andy on to talk about what's going on in the market, what TFG are doing, what products are available to you as borrowers and a little insight from, from some of the years of experience in this, in this specialist market. So Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Joel. Thanks for having me and thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. Andy, for those who don't know who you are, do you want to give us a little bit of an insight of, kind of what you've done in the background and how you've come to TFG? Yeah, sure. So I've um, been in the industry for 37 years, giving away my age there. Started off as a young lad working in the city. Uh, spent a number of years there before I came out, uh, set up a, a business which I ran for about four or five years, uh, really enjoyed the startup of it, but it got mundane after a while. Um, and I ended up selling out to a well-known uh, high street business, uh, which is when I then joined Interbay, who were just launching into the UK from the US uh, and was with Interbay for just shy of 10 years. Uh, that was a, a great kind of standing into the business. Uh, and understanding the commercial side of everything. Um, I then transitioned to Hampshire Trust with some colleagues um, to set up the, the same kind of operation within their business. I uh, was there for just under three years before moving to Oblix Capital, uh, a great little bridging business, um, followed by a short spell with the MFS before I landed what I would probably call my dream job uh, with TFG Capital. So yeah, it's been, it's been a long but enjoyable ride. Yeah, no, I mean, we've worked with all of them lenders, so that, that's that's awesome. Mm. So you've got experience from short-term bridging, development finance, commercial, semi-commercial, trading business, yeah. lending, which, yeah. is, which is awesome. Um, you know, it just Interbay Commercial, we do a lot of them. They, they, moved, they were under One Savings Bank, so were, were they... Sure. Do they get bought into One Savings Bank, or were they all, were they, did they form under One Savings Bank? How was that... Kind of set up, yeah. yeah well, and, and, well, so initially, Interbay was part of um, uh, Interbay funding Bayview Financial, which was based in the States. And the, the UK operation that we had was just a, a kind of something outside of the States for them to, to explore as a new business. Um, then, obviously, there was the crash 2008. So the, uh, there, were, there were problems there. They had to downsize. We were released from the States. Uh, we were then taken out by a PE firm. Um, and we just we ran the book for a number of years before we could make the, the transition back into lending, uh, which we did. Uh, and then we got taken out by by one savings. So yeah. we, we then joined. So there was one savings, Kent Reliance, um, Precise Prestige, as it was then. Yeah. All, all under one umbrella, if you like. Yeah. Uh, so we were obviously grateful to them for taking us out because it bounced us back into lending. And you, and you guys obviously went in and were part of that kind of original team that set up Hampshire Trust Bank. Obviously, they've gone from strength to strength now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've, they've just, just a completely different animal now. Uh, yeah. But when we went in, it was initially just to, I guess, to replicate the success we'd had at Interbay and set up the business, which has now evolved into the uh, into the animal it is now. Guys there, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so a few lenders later, and you, you, you've got, like you said, your dream job, TFG. So do you want to tell us a bit more about yeah. TFG Capital, um, who they are? Do you want to tell us a bit more about them, their, their kind of background? Yeah, sure. So TFG Capital is headed up by a, uh, by a guy called uh, James Mortimer, very experienced um, in the business, 
has great background also in insolvency and accountancy. Um, it's a very it's a small team in comparison to what I would deem to be some of the lenders that are around now. So there's just twelve of us, uh, but it's a very niche and and efficiently run business. Um, James has been running that business now for seven years, uh, and, it, and it's very what I would deem to be kind of northern centric. So they do they're based in the north. Uh, TFG are based in the north. They have a lot of brokers in the north that do multiple amounts of business with them. Um, and I think the idea was through through an expansion, not a massive leap from A to B, but, a, you know, a, a decent size growth over one, two, three years is what we're trying to achieve. Um, and my, my role essentially is, is to run that, that sales team and grow the brand from kind of Midlands downwards. So uh, because whilst TFG is, is an incredible little business, it's not widely known south of south of the midlands so that's that's what i'm trying to do yeah yeah so i guess with your experience and your network down this way then you can kind of really introduce the business to kind of brokers and intermediaries like myself rams and white so we can start talking to our clients about it who can benefit i guess from the products that you guys offer yeah awesome absolutely so- you know what this business is like joel it's all it's all about relationships and you know a lot of those relationships I've had, like yourself, I've had all the way through that that career path from Intubator where I am now. Yeah, and I, I find the specialists, especially the bridging and commercial market, you know, it's not like your high street lending where a computer says yes or no um, sourcing system. It's really about building the connections and relationships with the, the key people in them businesses and, and then letting them know kind of what we do. You let us know what you guys do and then see if we can marry it together and then get the clients involved. And that's really how the true business is done. It's, it's exactly that, Joel. Yeah, we, we are not a tick box lender um, by any stretch of the imagination. We don't even have a, a product guide with rates, if you like. There's no rating structure. So every single inquiry is dealt with on a case by case. Uh, we, we run through it. We make sure it fits what we like and what we need, dependent on the criteria and depending on their needs, whether they need the money very quickly, you know, in a matter of days or whether it's just more complex. And I think that's how our range of, of business transaction works is from the very speedy requirement as in a few days or it's got a lot of complexities behind it so that as i say there are no rates there, there is no given criteria to a degree um so we can we can actually structure the deal to make it work for everybody so it's more like uh, would you say bespoke lending then depending on the deal and what your appetite to lend in the market is at the time it's a uh, yeah yeah it's absolutely that Joel yeah it's very much case by case we'll look at it and decide if it's one for us and and we'll look at what the requirements are and that that may be something to do with multiple units or it could be the fact that they need the funds within 48 or 72 hours Uh, and I think because of the funding position we're in uh, we're able to do that. Normally with um, funding deals quickly it, it takes a really good kind of legal process in the background Obviously, some really yes. credible lenders on the front end and common sense and make understanding the deal, making it happen. And also, it's the legal part. So what's the legal process like for, for, for a borrower going through TFG? Do they have to have their own conveyancer plus uh, solicitor of TFG use? How does that work? Okay, so you're absolutely right. Um, and again, it boils down to relationships and partnerships. So we have several lawyer firms that we work with who act for us or they can act for the client. Um, and that in itself means that the speed 
can be dealt with uh, efficiently because everybody is geared to that. Um, I mean, even last night, um, I'm sitting on my laptop. It's just there while I'm watching the Masters um, and the emails are coming through from some of the lawyers. And, and it's incredible to think that there is not, in our little niche business, there is not a nine to five mentality. It is, these guys are working pretty much all day and all night just to be able to complete the transaction within the timescales that we've been given. Um, so it does work very well. All of those lawyers are great with us. Um, and obviously, if someone needs something done very quickly, we can offer the services for that client to use. Yeah, I think it's really important for a borrower, if they have a deadline, that they let the broker, let the lender know that deadline on the application so everyone knows there's a timeline to work to. So everyone is all hands to deck then. And you get the right people in place to make the deal yeah. happen. Yes, you're right. I think it's a, I think it's an absolute desire that you want to achieve that that target date. And I think if every everybody pulls in the right direction, everybody works together, it just becomes that much simpler. I did um I did mention a few weeks ago on a post um, about when I'd I'd only been on the firm probably two weeks if that, uh, and I, I walked into the boardroom and it was just full of files. Um, and I was what's going on here. And it was essentially a, a refinance for a portfolio client um, who needed to raise some cash quickly. Um, there were 65 properties involved. So that's all the legal work, the valuations, everything that needed to be done, the DD, all of that. Uh, and I was really impressed by it, not, not just the lawyers and the valuers, but by the actual team at TFG. They were working all day, having a quick pizza in the office and then working till 9, 10, 11 at night. And that whole transaction was completed in six working days, which is pretty impressive for such a large portfolio. So that, that kind of gives you a flavour of what can be achieved if, if everyone pulls together. Yeah, and I think actually the fact that you guys can do that, um, I'd imagine we're going to see more of this type of, um, these type of transactions in the marketplace because of the demand for property at the moment, the activity, what's happening. So having a lender that can support quick kind of acquisition portfolio acquisition then uh, and raising that capital to do so is going to be um, really valuable so um, it is it, yeah. nothing more better than when a team can kind of focus together and concentrate into the deal like you say rather than working nine to five coming back to it tomorrow getting distracted by, by emails but actually let's just this is the deal let's work over the next five six days nine or eight mm -hmm. to ten whenever it needs to be done just to get the deal done yeah. Exactly that. And I think that's the beauty of it being a fairly small business uh, in the fact that everybody pulls together. So you had all the internal guys that were on, on that deal. Um, uh, James, the MD, was involved. Uh, Andrew, our ops director, was involved. But it was just that this is what we need to do. This is how we need how quickly we have to work. And, and everybody just pulled together. It's great to see. Um, and we talk about lawyers and how important they are. It's also the valuers. Um, we operate with the VAS panel, um, but we also have our own panel of valuers that we can call on who, who will literally, if we email them and say this is urgent, they, they will go out the same day and they'll turn around the report within a day. Uh, and I think it's having those relationships and partnerships that really brings the whole business together. Yeah, no, I think it's key. If, if you can offer them good business and consistent business they're going to want to keep working with you and offer a good service and turn it around and obviously that's important mm -hmm. to the clients as well because in the property especially in the property and business sector speed sometimes is really important so you need to rely on people you can trust to get the job done 
yeah absolutely and the and these are people that uh, the tfg have worked with for a number of years so it's it's a it's a very fluid situation awesome so um you guys predominantly offer bridging short-term kind of business uh, funding. Um, let's talk about yeah. property finance then specifically. So I kind of was uh, from speaking to yourself and a few others, um, typical properties we're looking at, maybe HMO property assets, buy select portfolios, mm. uh, short yeah. holds, um, yeah. res residential, I've got business debt consolidation, commercial, and then business acquisition. Is that fair to say? Yeah. All of those. <laughs> All right. should, should we talk a bit about that then? So let's talk about that HMO kind of property assets. You know, where where are we funding? Are we funding when converting a property to a HMO, or you're lending for for the work as well? Where, how does that look for you guys? Again, to be honest, Joel, either um, because we, although we have our own internal guidelines, there's no kind of set rules. So if we think the deal works, then it works. It could be something like a yeah a closed down pub that's being transferred into an HMO. Um, so yes, we'll look at the acquisition. We can, as long as, depending on the numbers, you know, we can fund the, the, the kind of refurb or transition into an, into an HMO, or it might just be a straight acquisition. Um, so yeah, we can we can cover both sides of it. Would you, because um, I know this is normally a tricky one for some, some for, for lenders like commercial. So say for example, there was a pub. Um, yeah. A lot of investors you work with want to get commercial assets and convert to residential. But every now and then we get um, a trading operator. So they might um, want to buy, say, for example, a, a, a pub, but actually mm -hmm. renovate it and, and run it as a commercial pub and then exit with a, a commercial term lender. Is that something you guys yeah. would explore? Or is it kind of actually in this market, pubs aren't really, haven't been open for a while. It would need a very strong business plan behind it. How, how would you look at that? I think you know, you would have to, you'd have to have a strong business plan, but essentially, I, I think the TFG model is that we're we're asset based. We, it's all about the property for us um, and the the A and L behind it. So if you have someone who's got experience in doing this and the numbers work and the the factored in the cost of trying, you know, making that into an HMO or sorry from from a closed down pub to a running pub. If, if we see the benefit of it and we think that's going to work and we know that we're going to get repaid on it, then that, that's fine. Okay, awesome. I, I might have an inquiry for you. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so let's talk about short leaseholds as well, because typically um, we see some borrowers try to move away from that, but actually should we t talk about how your products may be able to help someone um, get on, get, uh, take advantage of, of properties with short leaseholds, maybe negotiating a better price by using your funding available yeah yeah so we, we will look at the short leaseholds and we'll go we'll probably go below what the, the standard kind of challenger bank or high street would, would offer you um and again i know i keep reiterating it but it's all about that particular case the one case we're dealing with so there's no there's no set criteria we might have you know 55 years on one and 35 on another but the 35 might work uh, yeah. and it's just about whether there's any plans to extend that moving forward once it flips into term. Um, but as, as long as the deal makes sense, it's, it's a kind of, we have the attitude that the deal has to make sense. And if it does make sense and we're, we're in it for 12 months uh, and we know there's, there's an outcome to it, then, then we're okay with that. Okay. Uh, and then let, so effectively is it's, if the deal makes sense, you guys are in the lending market, you want to, you want to lend, there's funds available, but fundamentally does the deal stack up? 
Correct. And, it, and it's literally about that. What you will get is uh, a very quick no if it's not for us. Um, similarly, you'll get, a, you'll get a quick yes and terms the same day if we want to go ahead. And when, when we say yes, we've actually gone through that process. So we've done a land registry search. We've done the searches we need to do internally just for us. We make the decision on the deal. We apply the rate and we issue the terms. And, and that's that. So it's either very quick no or yes. And when we say yes, we mean yes. And when you guys talk about business acquisition, are you lending on mm -hmm. trade trading businesses that are already operating that someone might want to take over? Or are you just lending on the asset in the background if there is one? We're lending on the asset. It might be the business that's purchasing the asset. Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's all about the asset for us. The asset and the AL behind it. That's what it's about. Okay. And then so what who, who do you lend to them what's a typical borrower look like for yourselves do they need track record what's that yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if there is actually a, a kind of typical you know class of client it can it can range from from anybody um really from individuals who are um investing in 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 property um for buy to let purposes uh, it could be businesses that have so they might be running a business but they're looking to raise cash flow on that business um, for, for future projects or just to inject into the business for machinery or whatever it's going to be. Um, or or portfolio portfolio landlords, obviously. So the, I don't think there's, a, there's we don't have a, an atypical client, if you like. It's, if it works, it works. Yeah, I think with someone like yourself... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think for, your, for those who are listening in, I think if you're looking for you know to buy your first residential or your know, home moving it's probably you're not it's not the right lender but if you're looking for if you're looking at opportunities in the market and um, where you can add value you can convert properties you can move quickly there's maybe mm -hmm. trading opportunities then i think someone like yourselves it's about building that relationship so look, this is my business model this is what i'm looking to do and you can kind of bridge that gap for them to get into them opportunities as long as it all starts yeah sure but you guys yeah yeah, understand that. I mean, for for people that are investing in property, we would normally we would normally like them to own their own property as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, uh, we do look at circumstances that are, are not not that they they haven't got their own property, and that can be for a number of reasons. You know, we've been through we went through the two thousand eight crash where people you know all of a sudden are being made bankrupt or they lost their properties. Uh, now we have the COVID situation where a lot of your your guys in the in the building trade that that were running their own business and buying properties, so they'll buy them at auction, refurb, flip those type of guys. You know they've had to alter the way they run their business because of getting trade suppliers and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so again, if the deal works. We, we we can make it work. Um, I have done a uh, issue terms on a case recently where the the applicants actually don't own it at the moment. They're in rented, but they do have a large cash deposit. They've got the money to fund the refurb. And when you look at what the end value is going to be when they flip it, then it makes sense. And if a deal does make sense to yourselves, what's the process for a borrower? How does the how does the lending work? Obviously, with valuations, charges, PGs, etc. Okay. Yeah, fine. So, so as far as the um, the actual process is, is quite simple. Once we've issued the terms, uh, obviously, 
we do a lot with brokers like yourself, Joel, uh, as well as direct business. Um, but it's just we need uh, we need the various paperwork. So there's the, an application form. There's a use of funds, i.e., what you're using the funds for. Um, we ask for an ANL so that we can assess that. And we literally, as soon as we know that the client or the applicant wants to go ahead, the valuation is instructed straight away. Uh, normally, at that point, they're in the provide cost undertakings for lawyers and then it's really about all of the team pulling together and making sure that we meet that deadline and overcome with the potential barriers that could be in the way with with complex cases obviously it's longer for the legal side uh, but it, it it's not unusual for cases to go if it has to be very quick we can accommodate that as long as we know what the date is and everything else everybody pulls together for the more complex cases, we just we 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 have to run with the legals because essentially we can be ready to fund very quickly, um, but the legal side might take that bit longer. So, do you do you work with foreign nationals or expats, or is it just um, UK residents? Yes, we do. Yeah, you do. Okay. No, we work with foreign nationals, and expats. Yeah, yeah. So we find a lot of kind of expats, especially who don't have a pension. Maybe they're in Dubai and they're looking to build a portfolio in the UK. Um, they are really trying to kind of engage with the right type of lenders to help them build that portfolio. So that, that's interesting as well. Um, yeah, no, that's, we deal with that. And how much can a borrower actually borrow? Is there like minimum, I know you don't have a rate card, but is there minimum loan sizes that you have or max loans? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the uh, minimum loan is 50K. Um, as far as maximums are concerned, we're comfortable up, up to around the kind of 4 million mark. So it's not to say that we wouldn't consider anything a little bit bigger if the loan to value was so small. Um, but the way the way we like to operate the business is I, I would rather have 20 cases a month for half a million quid, 30 cases for half a million quid than five or six at four and five million. Uh, you know, we want to have the funds being reused and, and fluid. So it's a better model for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and are you seeing any kind of trends in the market at the moment in terms of strategies uh, that the investors are using more HMOs or more commercial anything you've seen off the back of COVID? It's an interesting one we, we see quite a lot on the on the refurb properties so people are picking up properties at the, the lower end and you know a small extension or a refurb and then flipping out uh, and I think the way we can help with that is the speed we can make that happen means that they don't have to wait around for you know three four five six weeks for the funds to actually get going on everything um so that kind of gives them a lead in if you like um so we've seen lots of lots of the the residential side but there definitely has been a pickup in the semi-commercial and some of the commercial stuff as well it's it's not a massive jump joel but i've noticed the inquiries i'm getting are probably around 50% resi and then 50% a mix of semi or full commercial. Whereas traditionally it would be a lot more on the, on the resi side. Yeah, no, we're seeing a lot with commercial at the moment where commercial buildings haven't been used and now are getting sold off or um, they look at the land, the owner's looking to um, convert to residential. So we're, we're seeing the yeah. commercial space slightly change Um the kind of the, the dynamic of how, how they're, they're looking to obviously because they want to maximize the asset right and if it's underperforming you do something about it either sell it or reconfigure yeah. um to, to move forward mm. how are you guys like how's the last 12 months been for 
um, TFG and what's what's your what's your thoughts of how the market's going to look over the next 12 to 18 months? Okay. Hey, so obviously um, I've only been there three months, but I think the last 12 months for TFG was a steady increase uh, in the business they were doing. Um, they've certainly been able to transact the deals that fit um, efficiently. Um, and they have just they have just increased the business on a steady on a steady basis, doing the deals they want to do, being very good at doing it, working well with the brokers, with the the applicants, the lawyers, the solicitors. Uh, sorry, the, the valuers. Um, and I think the next twelve months, um, on, on a personal level, we're looking to increase the the business by double, um, just because we're going to have that kind of presence in London, South, Southwest, um, just to, to get the brand out there um, and, and expand it, letting everybody know that TFG, for those that don't know TFG, is making them aware of what we can do uh, and how we do it. So I'm looking to, to double what we did last year. Yeah. So do you, do you think you guys will move into different products, like maybe some term products or second charges, or is it kind of we're staying, because you're very niche at the moment, which it gives you an advantage. Yeah, I mean, we do. Yeah, I mean, we take seconds on now. So, you know, where we're looking to leverage funds for a client where there, there might not be too much, there's only a certain amount we can go to on the, the acquisition or refinance of the main property. We're happy to take a, a second on, a, on another property in their portfolio. Um, as far as term and everything is concerned, I don't think that's one for us right now. Um, I think we're, we're, without blowing our own trumpets, we're so good at what we do. It's a kind of case of, well, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and I think it, we we kind of stand out in the market for what we can achieve. So if it's the right model and it's working, stay with it. Yeah, I guess if you're good at it, just do more of that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah get, exactly I get, that. I get that. Okay, cool. So um, cash flow finance. I know you spoke about property finance, uh -huh. cash flow finance. Uh, for those listening, might mm -hmm. be dealing with credit pressures, uh, stock purchases. You might have HMRC debt, complex security structures. So you guys operate in this space as yeah. well. Can you give us a, an overview of that and maybe um, a case study that you guys have worked on that can help the clients, uh, the, the audience kind of understand it? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, we'd, again, it's, we're, we're property-based. So we're quite happy to raise cash flow for businesses um, as long as we have the, the asset as a security. Um, an example I can give you is a case I'm working now where the property is, is unencumbered, it's owned unencumbered. Um, the, the guys that run that business, um, traditionally they would have um, rented equipment for their business to use externally. Um, so they're in a kind of event operation, if you like. Um, with the COVID barriers now coming down and events likely to pick up um i think that what they've done with their business model is thought actually rather than hiring this equipment for all of these events we may as well just buy it then we just have it the long-term gain to that obviously is they they own the actual equipment um being in an unencumbered position on the property is, is good for them um so we're we're raising a, a fairly large amount for them to to do that yeah okay and um, just taking security on the asset so basically, you guys can be quite creative if there is a need for funding, maybe business related, but actually as long as there's security in the background, then you could probably, you can 
get comfortable with that. How how, how long? Is yeah. Uh, Sorry, Andy. How long is the how long is like your max term that they a borrower can um, take out a facility for? The maximum we go to is twenty four months. Um, from the stuff I'm seeing, the, the it's normally 12, 12 maybe eighteen. Um, and I think it depends really on how much they're borrowing and what it's for. But we will go to twenty four. Yeah, it's not very often that we see short term funding up to that level. It's normally like nine to twelve. Um, anything after yeah. that's normally like a development, but short-term funding is normally nine to twelve. We're, we're experiencing. Okay, cool. And 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 for um, um, borrowers kind of listening in, how, if they if they're kind of um, looking at going to auction or they're looking at some opportunities, how can they best prepare for kind of lending borrowing via sales? What what do you guys need fundamentally? Obviously, when we do like residential mortgages or some buy to let stuff, we need. They ask for everything nowadays, you know, bank statements, providing for address, which is standard. <laughs> it's obviously, yeah. where do you guys fit in for that? Okay, so, yeah, we're, we're a little bit different there. Um, we, we don't rely on, or we don't, we have no requirement for proof of serviceability or proof of exit or financials. What's your bank balance running like? We do ask for statements, essentially, so we know they've got a bank account. Um, but we're not reliant on that. So we don't necessarily want to know, you know, that they're making X amount of net profit or this is how much they earn or this is, you know, the only time that becomes useful is when we see the AL and we can work out, if, for example, if it's a portfolio landlord, there's 20 properties, that's what the debt is to various lenders, that's what the rental income is, therefore that's the, the profit per month. Something like that is useful for us to see. And it also enables us to look at saying, well, we could leverage more funds if we took a second on this property, that property, however it is, just to structure the deal for the client. Um, but essentially, if, if it's someone going for auction, we just need to know the address of the property, how much they're looking to spend, what, what the guide price is, they're looking to go up to and, and we can issue the terms on that basis because we do everything up front it's literally in the case of you would come to me and say that inquiry we gave to you this is how much they've secured it at and it needs to complete in 28 days or however many days it is but 28 days for us is, is very simple you know we're normally used to being asked to do it within four or five days um so as long as we know the property we've done our research on that we can get a value or out straight away same day as i've mentioned before um within a day then um then it's, it's very straightforward that is that is the niche side of tfg being able to move so quickly and being so fluid in the market which is awesome for, for borrowers does that is that reflected mm. in the pricing or is the pricing still as competitive if maybe because there's a lot of short-term lenders in the market now is it still kind of in line with that or would you say look we do give you a premium service we do operate very quickly we know we're good at what we do but that's maybe slightly you're going to pay slightly more than you would with the standard kind of um bridging lender yes who say yeah. okay so they, they might not be able to okay so that's that's exactly it so we're not the cheapest in the market joel is the answer i'm always i've been a firm believer always you you get what you pay for um yeah. And if it's if it's too good to be true, then it's probably not going to happen, or it doesn't. It's not going to work. So we often pick up a lot of deals where um, it's been agreed with a another lender, and three or four or five weeks down the line, nothing's happening. They're getting itchy feet about it, and then we're called upon to 
resolve that situation, which we will just pick up and run with. But uh, in answer to your question, yes, our rates run anywhere from 1% to 2%, and it's dependent on the property. Um, so whether it's residential, semi-commercial, commercial, uh, and what the requirement is, you know, you you do pay for service. It's like anything. If you go to Harrods, you get a quality product. Uh, if you come to TFG, you get a very fast product, but you will pay for that because we're having to expedite everything so quickly. So typical rates are at the two end. It's <laughs> they're not that. There's not that many. We kind of fall in the kind of one. 1.2 to 1.45 um, depending on the actual the actual the, sorry the actual proposition itself uh, and again very individual but once we say yes we say yes we can do that we can hit your deadline there's the terms that's the rate those are the fees yeah and i think from a borrower's point of view you know every deal is different i think when we if people listening and start hearing them fees they might be like oh that's expensive but actually every deal is different and how you get into deals mm -hmm. Is really important in, and also getting out of deals sure. so I, i've paid personally i paid more money in short-term lending to get a deal done because i used a, a, a private funder who i trusted i mm. knew they could deliver and, and they did uh, and they also added value yeah. in, in other areas where i missed something and they actually saved me some money um so i know the value in actually paying more sometimes um because you get that yeah well that's well, and, and there's a good example that's a great example coming from someone like yourself who, who's a broker and understands it and i think what, what you'll find in 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 the business joe as you as you rightly know is that a lot of the people we deal with are asset rich and cash poor so they're they're a great client they're almost a high net worth or they are a high net worth client but they need they need the cash and they need a deal done very quickly and they're prepared to pay for that because they know they can get it done within such a short space of time. Otherwise, you go through the, oh, I'm, I'm paying sub one, but five weeks down the line, they still haven't reviewed the valuation or something like that. You know, I'm not saying that's a common theme in the market, but that can happen. Yeah, and all, I think also, like, I always, when I'm speaking to borrowers, I'm saying, well, what, what's the net profit on a deal? Factoring everything in, finance costs, time, everything. What is the net profit? Okay, it's 25%. Okay. If you do this, is that where you want to be? Is that is that within your margin? Yeah, that makes me happy. Okay, well, you know, then it's up to you if you want to make 25% or not. Uh, you know, this is this is a vehicle that's going to help you get there. That's the way I look at it. Try and focus yeah. on have the end in mind and then just work back. You do, I think. Yeah, and I think that's where um I, I I actively encourage you know people to do that. So look, this we can do the deal. This is what it is, this is how much it's gonna cost make sure that when you're looking at everything you're trying to achieve through this refurb or whatever purchase acquisition and then refurb make sure that what you think you're going to come out with includes everything that we're putting into it as well your legal costs your valuation costs everything yeah absolutely because uh, it has to work otherwise there's no point in doing it no absolutely due diligence is key uh what how are you finding the market at the moment because we are very busy and I, it's a combination for us well you know some of the schemes in the market obviously the momentum of the business and we've grown as a business um are you guys like extremely busy as well are you kind of feeling that yeah incredibly so and i think it's because i mean you've got the stamp duty situation um that's obviously just on on that side of things um and i think it's it has picked up i think people are now you know i hate to bring up covid again 
but people are thinking more about the return to some degree of normality of life and you know i can go and sit in an auction room now rather than doing it online or i can go and view a property or you know a business owner is actually i can release some funds out of this to do this now because this is how we want to get back into the most real world again so i think i think people are thinking ahead which is good um and there that's why there are more that more many inquiries coming through i'm, I'm actually quite amazed by the amount of inquiries we get um not all of them we will do uh, obviously um but there has been a, a very steady increase in the last probably four or five weeks i would say and and as you said earlier we've discussed more on the kind of commercial side that's transferring to into transfer to resi um, there's going to be a lot of unused commercial units out there um, that are prime for that really yeah. uh, you know even even small offices so yeah, it's definitely boring. but yeah it's, it is it's encouraging to... yeah just... uh, I, I think sorry just to add on to that i think the high street you know the high street seems to have um shied away from doing very much at all at the moment and i think that's where the likes of our business your business that's where we start picking up more clients i think yeah well if you look at lenders like natwest commercial who were chasing us for business right before covid and then as soon as covid happened they just stopped lending right and they didn't lend the whole whole time they were lending i think to some of their clients they're in their own clients but no new business and um you know mm. and a lot of clients uh, were willing to work with them, but they just couldn't because the, they just stopped lending, right? And there's a couple of other lenders that pulled out the funding market. So yeah. uh, I think borrowers and brokers yeah. in the market will definitely remember the lenders who were lending and weren't lending. And that will definitely come into kind of their conversations with borrowers moving forward. Because no one predicted the pandemic, um, but it's how how <laughs> they operated during the pandemic, you know? Yeah, I think to, to, be, to, to, to add on to that, I think you're right. And I think that, coming out of the pandemic will be a totally different situation for people looking to raise finance than before we went into the pandemic. You know, there will be people that have had their, their businesses and their accounts and the bank accounts all with the high street bank for, for plenty of years. And then suddenly when they need something and they don't have access to it, they start exploring other options. They, they are now becoming through, through the likes of businesses like yourself, Joel, they're now beginning to learn about these other businesses that are out there. They can actually do the same thing and and much quicker so it benefits you guys it benefits us and and all of a sudden you have these you know these specialist short-term lenders and commercial terms all becoming more into the forefront of the public eye yeah and that's a really good point because uh, many conversations we have when you talk about the likes of shorebrook and cambridge and counties and tfg a lot of the borrowers say to us oh we've never heard of them I've never heard of that lender. Like, tell me more. Like, because they, you know, they know Barclays and Lloyd's, and but they don't. So actually, when you start talking about these other uh, funding lines for them and how they operate, then you know mm. the doors start opening. And actually, fit, things can happen for them. You know, I just I, I always try and yeah, help absolutely. our clients lend responsibly and build a help build a robust portfolio because there's always ups and downs in the market, and we want to be here for the long term, and I want my funders to be here for the long term, and I want the clients to be here for the long term. Mm. You know, but it's about building a robust portfolio, working with the right funders, and um, and and not leveraging to the point where you're putting yourself at risk if the deal goes pear shaped. You know, you've got to kind of watch the. Downside. Yeah, no, I, I think it's. it's... 
Yeah, and it, and it's it's the awareness of those lenders being out there, isn't it? TFG has lent all the way through the pandemic. There are other bridges that have lent through the pandemic, and and fair play to them. It, it it's a shame, really, that you know a lot of people out there that are involved in the business don't know about those businesses anyway. You know, because they're so focused on the on the high street. Um, but I think I think that will change. That will definitely change. And, and it's through through businesses like yourselves, Joel, that, that spread that, you know, and make more people aware of there are lenders out there that have done this all the way through the pandemic. They've continued to lend, they've continued to fund, and they just go from strength to strength. Brilliant. Um, look, Andy, we've 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 covered quite a lot today. So just to recap, for those listening in, obviously Andy mm. is a sales director at TFG. TFG Capital are basically a specialist lender offering short-term loans. Uh, in the bridging business sector um, and as you've heard today can operate very very quickly might be paying slightly more of a premium but they will get the job done if it's needed lending in on complex cases portfolio acquisition hmo refurbishments short leaseholds and uh, business acquisition if needed as well so anything you want to add to that andy I don't think so. No, that only the fact that obviously, you know, being a northern based business and, and I'm trying to grow the brand uh, nationally, then um, just get in touch with us, get in touch with Joel, um, help, help me spread the brand, spread the word. Uh, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Andy. Guys, if you like this episode, then feel free to like and share. Reach out to the team at Ramsey and White. We can give you more information on Andy and the team over at TFG Capital. And uh, again, thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Cheers, Andy. Thanks very much, Joe.